Welcome to the CityDAO podcast. I'm your host, Eric Gilbert Williams. CityDAO is exploring decentralized asset ownership on chain, starting with a simple piece of land purchased in Wyoming during 2021. Each parcel of land becomes an NFT that can be owned collectively by the DAO or by individuals just like you and me. CityDAO is a DAO. In other words, it's a decentralized autonomous organization, meaning that land governance, treasury, and other things, including this show you're listening to right now, are all managed by the community. Check out the FAQ at citydao.io to learn more, or check out the CityDAO Discord channel to get all the latest updates. Now let's get started with the show. Welcome to this second episode of the Citizens Series here on the CityDAO podcast. The Citizens Series is exactly as it sounds. It's where citizens of CityDAO come on the show and we get to know them a little bit better. Now today I have the pleasure of chatting with Dylans and Nico, also known as Syntonica on Discord. Welcome to the show. How are you both doing? Great, great. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, I'm super stoked to be on the show and excited to see where the conversation goes. Yeah, you know, this is just the second part of the Citizen series, and we don't know exactly how many we're going to do or how far it's going to go. But, you know, first of all, Nico, congratulations on being voted in on the CityDAO Council. It's pretty exciting. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's totally unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, I think I expected it. You know, it's an interesting mix we have on the council right now. And for everyone who's listening for the first time and doesn't know, CityDAO is moving in the direction of decentralization more and more. And part of that movement and part of the steps towards that is to let go essentially of control from the initial people who initially put it together and start to empower the community more and more. And part of that process that we essentially decided on was to put a council in place to represent sort of more majority vote. And this helps have a balance between you know, not getting stuck in the minutia and having 10,000 people vote on you know, which Adobe subscription to subscribe to versus you know, just what I say is the GSD list, like this to get shit done list. There's a balance between these two always. And essentially, there's a vote that took place within the community with your citizen DAO NFT, and people put in their names and had a chance to speak and put a little write up. And ultimately, we voted on who would be in the council. And coincidentally, it just so happens that Nico here on the show today has been voted in on the council. And we're going to do probably a separate series specifically on the council members. So we're not going to go too deep into that today, but that's just a little background and historic information here of what's going on in you know the February, March timeline here with, and you could say January as well with CityDAO. So yeah, congratulations on being a part of it. How did you feel when you got the results? Thank you. I felt very supported and loved and also really excited because I see CityDAO as like a project that's very, like it's very much a long-term project and there's so many things that can happen within here. But that also means that there's so many challenges that we have to solve when it comes to distributing assets on chain. There's like so many ambiguities, you know, legal issues we have to think about whether what kind of assets to purchase. And it's attracting people with different intentions. There's people here trying to just build a city from scratch. There's people that's looking into invest in real estate and then like distribute it with blockchain. So how do we coordinate these goals? How do we coordinate these tasks? That's pretty much what the council is working on right now. And so I definitely feel slightly overwhelmed with like just the first week of the council being established because there's so many meetings and I'm just like, and there's so many writings and then everyone's contributing a lot to the council. And I'm just overwhelmed with the amount of information we have. But I definitely think that we are moving towards a really good direction. And I think that like just giving us a few more weeks, I think we'll see a more uh, like clearly defined structure on where CDAO is heading towards. 
And I'm also excited to see uh, to hear like what all the other citizens think about this direction that we're heading towards. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to this. I'm really excited about it. And you know, every time I participate in those weekly community calls, it's just a it's a great summary update of what's going on. And yeah, there's lots of stuff happening, obviously. So anyone that's a CityDAO NFT holder and you haven't joined a community call, definitely check those out. And anyone that's listening for the first time that maybe is not a part of the community yet, check out our Discord, see what's going on. Say hello to everyone. We'd love to just chat and collaborate and everyone's voice gets heard and we're all doing this together. So yeah, so congratulations on being voted in. And let's get to talk a little bit more about who you both are. And, you know, often on the show, it's individual guests. Here we have, you know, obviously two people together. So let's go one at a time. And maybe Dylan, let's uh, hear your voice a little bit here. How did you hear about City Dow? Yeah, so it's kind of a long story. I'll try to keep the, the first pass brief. But yeah, I was working at my normal corporate job. I just graduated university nine to five. And what was the job? What was the corporate job? It was working with government contracts. So Fortune 500 company were doing government contracts. And then that was probably like 50% of the time. And then the other portion of the time was working on utility scale solar. So we, we had both private public partnerships. And yeah, it was wild, great experience, but it was a little soul sucking. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, like coming out of this working with government contracts on Fortune 500, what is your perspective now on the process that happens in current legislation, current government processes. Did that kind of inspire you to check out CityDAO or was that sort of a side subject? Yeah, there were definitely a few seeds planted where I just saw a lot of slow moving parts. And of course, we see that in DAOs as well, slow slow moving, seemingly bureaucratic mechanisms. But I think there's so much potential for us in these early stages to build those building blocks that will improve the efficiency of the process later. So yeah, that was a bit of an inspiration. The other inspiration was, so I was working in these, you know, this renewable energy type of area, and it kind of hit me that, at least from my views, that that wasn't the limiting factor in our the global problems. I came to realize that you know, human coordination could be a, a more pressing issue. I think it just kind of hit me one day after a, a meditation of, as long as there's kind of greed in our human society or as a dominant factor in the individuals that make up the society, there's always going to be some limiting factor whether that's gasoline or if that's the silicon chips or, or anything that, or water, <laughs> depending on where things go, there's always going to be some limiting factor that could cause some troubles in our society. So I was getting a little bit disillusioned with the direction I was going of, hey, is this really the legacy I want to leave in my life? Totally for all those things. But I was thinking, hey, there might be a, before that step, a more pressing issue. So I was also just young, didn't have a lot of responsibilities. So I decided to make the leap and leave that really cushy, comfortable position and go have a little adventure. And so that's kind of where I'm sure we'll get into it later. Mars College came in, but I was in this Discord chat. When did that come into play? Like, did you go right into Mars Colony? Did you like leave the government job and dive right into Mars? So I left in the end of the summer. So August 2021. And then Mars College doesn't start until mid-December slash January. So I had a few months to burn. So I decided to just go live on a, a small organic farm. Just got to hang out. Nice. This is this like self-sustaining or was it selling into the market generally? Not yet. There's some self-sustaining, more of a homestead. And it was super early on. So the person just had the property for a year and had a five-year roadmap to get fully sustaining on water, energy, and food. Yeah, we started planting a little food forest. So it's always fun to go back and visit and see, see the progress they make. But yeah, so I was there. 
But wait, what does that mean? Like living in a self-sustaining farm? Does that mean like you're eating only food that's grown on the property? So because it was early on, he only had it for a year. We were probably getting like 10% to 20% of our calories from the land that we were growing on. And then the rest is supplemented with like organic produce from the area. Gotcha. And then as time goes, they grow more things, they develop it further. And then you have like a diversity of diet and you can get, you know, ideally 100% of calories from the properties. Was that the idea? Yeah, that's the idea. So I was pretty burnt out from my job. And so that was another reason for the adventure. And yeah, it was just so mind clearing to just be doing some, like working with my body, being in the sun. I was sleeping better than I had ever slept, eating better than I had ever eaten. And then just feeling like my body was real good. And I wasn't doing a lot of technical thinking. I was taking a break from that. And then about two months into that, that experience, my mind just started floating towards DAOs. I had a friend in, in the area I was living. He works for this crypto group nonprofit called Grassroots Economics. And he was kind of like feeding me a little bit. We were in this group called Radical Exchange and just like talking about these different ideas like quadratic funding and different forms of governance. And so two months in, I realized I was no longer burnt out because I was thinking about DAOs and just my mind couldn't stop thinking about this idea. For some reason, I was just like excited about something, something pretty technical or a little bit technical. And I hadn't been like that for probably a year before that. I was just, you know, I didn't want to do anything with technology for a little bit. And that was that sign that, hey, I'm ready to dive back into the digital world. And so I'd already been accepted to Mars at this point. We had a Discord and somebody in the crypto channel posted about the Vitalik blog about, I think it was Future Cities or something, that article that mentioned CityDAO. And so I instantly bought that, that CityDAO citizenship and I was just blown away by the idea of a group of internet strangers coming together to potentially build what could be like the future of cities. That blew my mind. I was super excited about it. I had some of that experience with these contracts and different infrastructure projects and it just like it was very fascinating. So that was my entry into CityDAO was adjacently through Mars College and leaving this job. And I totally feel you on the manual work. In one of my past lives, you could say I was deep in construction, mostly roofing, residential roofing, hardcore, sun on the back, you know, 14 hours a day, sweating, hammering nails into shingles, you know, just it's exactly as you said, it's mind clearing and it's refreshing. But then you know, the mind starts to get excited about things, which ultimately led me down, you know, my path as well. And all the different types of things I've been doing ever since those days. So I really feel you on that. And now for people that are listening, let's, for their benefit, and probably for mine too, what is Mars College? Like, let's just cover that from start to finish. What is it? How do you describe it in a sentence? And then let's go into some details. Do you want to try taking the first pass of the sentence? Sure. So Mars College is an experimental community building experiment where a bunch of people working in creative tech would get together and try to build high-tech, low-cost way of living for three months in a desert somewhere in California. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I would say it's... And that's where you met, right? Um, no, not, yeah, not we quite. We actually met through CityDAO before. <laughs> yeah. I hosted like a CityDAO IRL meetup in LA and we met a bunch of people from CityDAO. And then we found out that we we're both going to Mars College. So it's a small world. Crypto world is a small world. Yeah. <laughs> How many people are in Mars College? There's about 40 total. Not that many. So it really is a bit of a coincidence here. <laughs> not yeah, not that many. And that's the thing. Ever since I left kind of that normal path, there's been all these little things that just seem like outrageously slim chances of happening that have been happening. Synchronicities. Been, yeah. Yeah. I would say the, the one sentence of 
of Mars College is like a off-grid R&D lab combined with a residential community. And I can go into the three layers if, if you'd like to hear about that. Yeah, let's go into that. And then Nico, I want to ask you a little bit about the IRL events that you were holding for CityDAO. Sure. So you want to go into the three layers first? Yeah, let's hear it. I'll say that real quick. So the first layer is just radical self-reliance. We're all coming out off-grid, middle of the desert, and it's learning to find those things that you can sustain yourself. So we do some communal meals. We have solar power and yeah, completely off-grid. We we truck water in. So that's that first layer is radical self-reliance without the need of, of larger infrastructure. The second layer is cutting edge of technology. So we have a lot of people in the crypto space, a lot of people interested in DAOs. We have a lot of people in the AI and then cross-section that with art. So many artists, so many muralists. And then going back to AI, like the GPT-3, there's a lot of people interested in that. Discord bots. Yeah. (laughs) And then the top layer is this like, you know, pinnacle of Maslow's hierarchy of needs of, you know, finding those things that make you happy. Kind of like I was talking about this, there was those corporate jobs that were a little bit soul-sucking. But then finding, hey, we can be happy in simple things. So there's a lot of people doing meditation. We have authentic relating sessions. Um, Emotional intelligence yeah, workshops. A lot of yoga. So those are kind of the three layers of Mars College. So I lived in a community house last year. Wait, no, what year are we now? Geez, no, that's two years ago. I can't believe time flew like that. <laughs> COVID time all blurs together, right? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it was 2020, just before the pandemic started. I moved out to a place called Rainbow Mansion out in Cupertino, California. And it's a community place. It's been around for 15 years. And when I was there anyways, there was, uh, you know, it ranged between 10 and 14 people living there, just sort of in and out, depending on what was going on. And fantastic place. And, you know, we shared meals, we cooked together, we cleaned together, or most of us did. (laughs) And we collaborated on projects together. A lot of people worked for amazing organizations like, you know, Google people, Tesla people, and and other cool tech startups and uh, space stuff. There's a lot of space going on over there. And it was an amazing experience to live with a group of people like that and share and, and be a community like that. What is the vibe and what is like a day-to-day over there at Mars College? So we have a shared calendar. And since it's a college, mm-hmm. everyone like can add whatever event they would like to host on the calendar. And I can just go over into like the kind of stuff we have on the calendar. So we have energies workshop where we get together and talk about sacred geometry and how they relate to our day-to-day life and we have symmetry in biology workshop where like someone that has a phd in microbiology will like share their experience about like these discoveries in like these like protein cells and then how their their structure like have like symmetry and represented in them and what does it mean to have that in our proteins we also have people doing ceramics workshop we have physical exercises like yoga or like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu workshop. And there's also a telepresence lab where people get together and talk about how do they build a Mars rover here on Mars. And just a bunch of like very diverse range of content where like people would basically everyone that comes here have some sort of skill to offer. And then other people would just like come show up if they find the subject interesting. So I've been hosting, like, my background is in game development. I've been hosting, like, a gamify everything workshop where we think about how do we turn awful things into games. And Dylan here has been hosting a how to DAO workshop where he, like, introduces the concept of DAOs. So it's pretty, like, self-organized and then, like, a lot of, like, different unique content and it's completely voluntary. So, like, you just find whatever kind of things that interest you and you go if you have the time. Yeah. Can I iterate something on that? On that last sentence, she said, if you have the time, 
So like looking at this calendar, it's insane. It's, it's just jam packed. There's like three <laughs> sessions per hour on, on like peak periods. Yeah. And there's so many talented people here. Like you mentioning, there's people with these crazy credentials teaching these courses for free. But the thing is, the limiting factor for us is time and attention. For me, I've found I really have to be intentional about my time here because it's super easy to get overwhelmed. On top of all these cool classes, there's those base level community things that need to be done. You kitchen know, cleaning, kitchen water cleaning. refill, water dump. Yeah, composting. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because you don't have... So how does that work? Then you have a well or something? Or like, where do you get your water? There's a place in the nearest town and someone has some property over here. And so we have this big IBC tank. I think it's like 300 gallons. And so every once in a while, every couple of days, someone drives the truck, fills the tank, and then fills the tanks back at half Mars. So that's a big undertaking. And it's kind of cool every year they iterate on the process, get a little bit more efficient. But yeah, that's where the water comes from. Super cool. And what's like sleeping arrangements? Like, do you have a shelters or, you know, vehicles or tents or like, what does that look like? It's kind of self-organizing. So there are apartment buildings on Mars and some people would just like build out their own cubicles. They put like canvas as their like window curtains and then build their own doors. And really like you are here and you are here to build your own shelter if you don't have any other alternatives. But we also have people that came here with their trailers, with their RVs, their van life. A few people came here with their tents. So we kind of like everyone kind of choose what the kind of living condition they want to have. Super cool. And so you both have been a part now of Mars College for how long? I got here mid-December, so about two months. A few months. Yeah, okay. I got here around a month ago, so. Ah, super new still. So are there people there that are newer than you or are you still the uh, spring chickens? <laughs> <laughs> I got here around the same. I was like the last batch of chicken that got here. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think now we already have everyone. And we're going to hit midterm in a week where everyone's supposed to present on what they've been doing. So, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. So there's an application process and they have their processes in place and that they want everyone to be here pretty much the full time. So beginning of January was when kind of that last batch of new people came in. And, you know, there's a probably like, I would say 20% of the people here our returners have been to the other iterations of this. Gotcha. And then Dylan's, I think that you're running a few DAOs right now. Is that right? I'm participating in a few DAOs, but I'm also running a few like super small experimental DAOs on DAO House, just playing around with different forms of governance and yeah, different tools that are accompanying the DAO. And what are you finding? Tell me about some of the experiences there. I'm curious. I think voter participation is a big thing. And then also there's a metaphor. Like getting voter participation, like getting enough people to vote, you mean? Just let's say we have like 10 people in our DAO. I'm I'm seeing only like two or three people. Even when you live in close proximity, only like two or three people are, are voting on these DAOs. The other thing is, so through this open source course I'm teaching, or I'm leading these others through, I'm leading a bunch of new people through this course who at the beginning of the course had never downloaded MetaMask. Maybe they they dabbled a little bit on Coinbase. But one thing I'm also noticing is onboarding new people is still pretty rough. Sometimes I forget, like, it's kind of scary to put some funds into MetaMask and interact with this kind of still a little bit clunky system. And one thing that I've heard here, a metaphor is like, the wires are still kind of hanging out of Web3. It's not super polished. It's not super user-friendly. So that's another thing I've been noticing is hey, it it takes some time to onboard new people and still, it's not super user-friendly still. Totally. I mean, it's come a long way from, you know, in 2012 or whatever and looking in a newspaper to see if Bitcoin was for sale and then sending money and then being on the phone and getting someone's 
you know, wallet address, you know, it's come a long way. But yeah, for new people, like, you know, I was talking with someone the other day, very, you know, seasoned professional person, a little bit in the older generation, and absolutely no idea about anything like this. And the process to get someone on board is massive. So how many small experimental DAOs, like, well, no, take your, your favorite one. What's your favorite little DAO experiment you're doing right now? I think Nico can explain the, the favorite one. <laughs> so, so I started a DAO called Fly Terminator DAO. So here on Mars, we really have a problem with a lot of flies in our kitchen because we're in the middle of the desert and we have compost, not that like compost, both like human compost and food compost, not that far from us, where we figured out a system, you know, like to compost them kind of like, I don't know, like a half a mile away from like where Mars is. And then just like bring all the compost there like every week or something. And I think like it's generating a lot of flies and a lot of flies are getting to our kitchen and they're getting into basically all our living spaces. And we have not found like a really good solution to like go against them because we can swap them as much as we can, but then they will just come back the next day. So now we're really trying to get together and think about, you know, how can we deal with these flies? So I decided to start a Fly Terminator DAO with DAO House. And it's already had its structure set up. And then we have a few ideas from like, publishing NFTs to like raise funds to like get these more advanced fly swapping machines to like have people proposing bounties on like solutions on flies. So we have like someone here that said they would give people 50 bucks in Bitcoin if they figure out <laughs> a solution to help solve the fly problem. And something like that, we're trying to experiment, like maybe the process of getting that as a proposal and then getting people to vote on it and then see how the results turning out. And so that's kind of like an experiment that we're running, but it's also kind of half a joke. And yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how effective it is to actually use a DAO to solve this problem, but it's an interesting experiment. Well, it really is. Yeah, because like, I mean, the concept of a DAO is to help organize people perhaps a little more effectively and to be a little more concise and clear and, and have some methodology behind it. I mean, when I was at Rainbow Mansion and there was initiatives that had to take place, you know, we would have to wait for the meeting to take place, make sure everyone actually showed up a long, long process and discussions and all this back and forth. And then to take the actual vote, you know, was what, like a raise of hands? And there's different ways to do it. You know, you have a Slack post and, you know, thumbs up if you're all for this. But I think it's really cool that you're using DAOs to, into a, a very niche subject, into a niche, small community. A lot of people, at least for me, when I think about DAOs, I think about, you know, big giant things like Blockbuster DAO or, or Krausehouse or City DAO. It kind of slipped my mind that we can use DAOs in smaller contexts as well and through a secured and verified voting process, really get crystal clear without making mistakes on who's saying what and why and how. So that's, I think that's pretty neat that you're using that. I hope it works out. How's it going so far? Is it like, you think it's going to take off and get somewhere or is it really just an experiment? I, I've been recommending we, we don't let it take off because, you know, keep it small, small experiment. But it just been super fun. Like it turns this seemingly annoying problem of flies into something that we can all like throw our own ideas in and try this novel technology. And then the other thing that's nice about it is it's on the Gnosis chain. So any on-chain interaction is like 0.001 cent. So it's really low risk for people to test out. And there's some great memes that have been coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really have to win the meme war. To get your idea voted through. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to memes, man. So let's go back to where you guys met. Well, talking about the in real life events anyways. Nico, that you were hosting. What was that? Why did you decide to host the first in real life City Dow event? And what was it? So it was actually super casual. So like I saw that um, City Dow had an IRL channel. So I was just like, oh, like where's everyone from? Like, is there anyone here in LA? 
and actually got a lot of response. So like, it seems like there were a bunch of people in LA and then I was like, oh yeah, maybe all of us in LA should just meet up and then like, you know, put a name to our faces and just like hang out. I like proposed that people in LA have an RL meetup. And then I think I got like 10 plus responses. In the end, like I think around seven, eight people showed up. So we picked the public place. We I got like a little blanket and we just like sat on the lawn and it just like everyone came over and then we just like hung out and like talked about what city that excites you, you know, what's your journey with crypto and web three. And it was just a really, really fun conversation. And I think everyone like communicated how like we felt like we met some really interesting people with like very different backgrounds, but we're here for the same common goal. And we all like walked away with a lot of excitement, a kind of feeling. And we like, actually after that, we like met just informally a few times throughout the week. We would just come out and grab some beer here and there. And I think like we're like, after Mars, I definitely look forward to have more events with at least the LA people. And I would also like to encourage just like more and more CityDAO citizens to start meeting in real life because I feel like a CityDAO subject is attracting a lot of people with like similar ideologies. And like, it's always more fun when you meet someone in real life, you like get to kind of know them a bit more personally and through that we can like build up more trust towards each other and uh, have more like a sense of a community yeah the east denver event is going to be interesting for people to go all together and get together and do a, a physical event as a team together so i'm curious to see how that's going to roll it gets tricky when people are all across the globe everywhere like you know how do we get you know for example, people in Thailand and China that are part of the city DAO in order to meet up in real life. I mean, I'm not even sure that that's legal in China, frankly, you know, to be involved in a crypto with an NFT that has voting rights in the United States, right? I have no idea how China would interpret any of this stuff. It seems like there are people that are meeting through city DAO. So like, it's kind of a gray area, even though they officially banned Bitcoin, but like people still are organizing and meeting through DAOs. And I think there's nothing that can stop that. So actually through the council running, I was actually like, invited to the Chinese WeChat group on like a few city DAO citizens. And I was able to like do an AMA with them, talking with them about like, you know, what drew them, like what excited them about city DAO. And actually, I really appreciated the conversation because there were, it was like very similar energy as the amount of energy I felt over here. And it seems like they are already, they've gotten to know each other. They have their own groups and then they are meeting, they're like connecting, becoming friends. They're talking about other DAOs. So it's definitely, I would imagine that would be like very similar all across the globe. So moving forward into what's next for CityDAO, not really from a council's perspective, but just from a a citizen's perspective, I'm curious about what you both would envision or what would you like to see CityDAO become over the next, you know, 12, 24 months? Yeah, I I listened to the podcast with Lyons, with you and Lyons, and I really like his view on this of Hey, with that first parcel, that was a proof of concept. We achieved that goal. What are the next proof of concepts that we need to run or the next tests we need to run and prove out before we can start building cities? Because I think at the end of the day, you know, city DAO, I think of it kind of in that apologies network state idea of just having these decentralized city network, digital city networks. I don't know quite what the next proof of concept is. I know there's a lot of work going on in the legal space. So finding some, like what the next step in the legal space would be is the direction I'd like to see City Dow go. I know that it's it's kind of a hot take on like moving slow in what like this decentralized web area where things move so quick. You know, it's 24-7. There's constantly new things coming out. But I think from my own perspective is just like really setting a solid foundation, even if we miss some of the hype, 
of just building a really solid foundation for the future of cities. And do you have any uh, sort of vote proposals in the back of your mind that you've been considering about bringing to the community or is that all hush hush? No proposals yet. I'm, I'm just really experiencing the, the DAO space and learning the tools as, as best I can while I'm here at Mars. And then after that, I'm planning to have a little bit more free time and get more into the meat of things. Yeah, you know, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm learning about the tools and the feel and the vibe of it. And, you know, one thing that struck me the other day, now, in most of the proposals that have come up so far, typically my vote has ended up with wherever the majority ended up being, not because, you know, I'm following the crowd, but because I agree with what the proposal was. And it's happened once or twice now, I think, yeah, once or twice where my vote was not with the majority. And so the vote that I put forward obviously wasn't the one that was chosen by the community and wasn't the one that was ultimately enacted. And it was an interesting process, you know, uh, to be a citizen or to be a part of any DAO. Of course, one of the foundations and the premises is that all of our voices are heard and they are heard and I did cast a vote. But to see that a voice perhaps is not, there's no action taken on a specific voice is a different subject than the voice being heard. And it was, you know, a bit of a tough pill to swallow to watch, you know, one or two of these votes go through that I wasn't really in favor of. But that's a part of being a community and I get it. So I'm wondering about your experience. Have you, I mean, I guess two questions. Have either of you had one of your votes end up not being in the majority? So one of your votes didn't go through, well, didn't get enacted on. And how did you feel about it? I actually haven't experienced that because I can't say I voted for all the issues. The few times that I voted, it was pretty much just like, okay, with the stuff. And I definitely also look forward to experience that more. And I would say like temporarily, it's still like a kind of democratic system, which has its beauty and its flaws. But I think as a whole organization, we're going to move forward and to like try to clarify those as much as possible. And as an organization of 10,000 people, like even with just 20 people, I don't think we can get everyone to agree on the same issue forever. So with 10,000 people, even less so. Mm-hmm. That's why I think like my personal goal for CityDAO is for it to like be as dynamic and elastic as possible, where we allow these sub-DAOs to exist with the big DAO. So like, let's say there's like this project that you are not a fan of, but it got voted, but maybe the other project that you are a fan of also got voted and you have freedom to dedicate your, your time and energy in there. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I'm going to almost like just echo all of that. It's so interesting. You know, you know CityDAO is probably, of the couple DAOs I'm in, probably one of my top ones I'm most interested in. Yet at the same time, I've voted in probably like half, maybe less than half of them. And so there's that whole idea of uh, participation that plays out even in my own experience. And there's that other interesting thing about myself is like, I want to have rights to vote, but then in actuality, you know, the actions to vote don't always necessarily follow. But if somebody took away my right to vote, I'd be like, hey, I wanted to use that. <laughs> so yeah, I've been getting super interested in like liquid democracy and, and delegation and then also like proof of humanity. I'm getting into a, a little bit of that of showing human nature. But for the most part, City Dow has like voted in line with the things that are within my views. Yeah. And, you know, if we take a, a 10,000 foot perspective on it, if a person was to experience where let's say that they voted on every subject and none of their votes ended up being the ones that were enacted then, you know, it's possible that they, you know, it's not the right community for them, or maybe it's the wrong DAO, or maybe their expectations weren't quite on alignment with what the DAO actually is. There's a whole variety of reasons why that might be. And the simple solution, obviously, is, uh, you know, either deal with it or sell your NFT to someone else that wants in. 
because there's new people joining the community all the time who do have interest in what the DAO is. And, and the more there's this in and out, the more people are joining and leaving or a mix of both, there's always going to be this in and out sort of balance, supply and demand. And ultimately, the DAO as it is today might be very like people that are in the DAO today might be very different from some of the people that are there tomorrow or you know next year or a few years, specifically a few years down the road. Who knows exactly what it's going to be? So yeah, and you know, I think you know, for my case, anyways, where a couple of my votes didn't get enacted on, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just part of the process. It's part of being in a team or in a community or being in a in a country, you know, or a city, or even a, you know, I'm in an apartment and there's a condo board in the apartment. I don't agree with everything they say, but it's just part of the process of dealing with. It's part of the democracy. So I'm curious to see where this goes over the next little bit. And let's see. So moving forward into actually, you know, there's one thing I had in my mind when we met. A while ago, you were in a bus, and the bus was on Mars College, and the bus was being converted to some sort of a music thing. And I just thought that was interesting. So, what is that? Is that like its own little DAO? Is that a little subgroup inside Mars College that's building a music bus that's going to drive around and explore the performing arts? Is that what that is? That's just one of the projects. There's infinite projects here, and that's one of those aspects. We have a lot of musicians and artists here. And people who are interested in building out vans and buses, and so this was an opportunity for people who didn't have the money to buy a whole bus to get a little taste of it, and then also a opportunity for the musicians out there to kind of build out a studio that they like. Yeah, it was someone else's bus, and the owner of the bus was just like, "Hey, I, I want to see what the artists and the musicians can create with this." So he's leaving it here for the quarter. And then he gave the artists and the builders full opportunity to do with it as they may. And yeah, I think it's turned out real nice so far. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. And Nico, if I come back to you for a second here, let's hear, I have a tendency to rant and go on tangents here. And so I'm looping myself back now. Let's hear your origin story. What were you doing before you came across CityDAO and before you came across Mars College? So my background is in video game development. So mostly like dealing with video games in like the virtual realm. And when I was like in art school, I was like kind of like heading towards the creative tech direction where I was learning a bunch of things from like creative coding to like building with Adrenos to IoT. And then I found like just technology as a really fascinating type of art form. And later I started doing games, started doing like VR, AR creation. But at the time, like it felt like really exciting. Like, oh yeah, you're working on these cutting edge technologies. VR, it's AR, it's immersive. It's like the world's augmented and like it was all exciting and stuff, but at some point I felt like there's something missing there. Like, I don't know, like I had this, so many of these debate with myself where like, do we really want to see a world where everyone's just like in VR headset all the time? Like, is that really, that's it? Like, is that the pursuit that we have as humanity to like, just for technological advancement? Like, what about something else? So as a side hobby, I started to like delve into some of these like more organic kind of um, hippie slash burner communities getting to know people from like people that do juggling to people that do fire spinning to people that, you know, live in organic farms. And then I found out those community to have just like so much more, I don't know how to describe it, like a lot of soul energy, like very wholesome energy. And people have pursuit for like wholesomeness instead of just the pursuit for like the most cutting edge tech. And that's where I found there to be like a divergence into like what I want to pursue, like I think technology is amazing and I want to pursue that. But at the same time, I feel like almost like if tech is the hardware of humanity, like the software also matters, like what our spiritual pursuit, our philosophical pursuit is as important as our technological pursuit. And that's kind of around when I found out about like 
the crypto movement. I'm super late to the game. I found out about it sometime like last year where I was like looking into Web3 and DAOs and then like found out about this interview with Charles Hausmanson, the inventor of ADA, Cardano. And he was just describing how like crypto can be a social movement where it's an opportunity for people to come together and create a better system that's more fair and transparent and all that crypto talk. And I just got like, I got so excited. I almost cried after that interview. I was like, oh my God, like this is so exciting. This is like where people are here like with like an intention to do good and to do like, you know, to make like social changes as well as like using the most cutting edge technology. And that was like my moment where I'm just like, I want to learn as much about the space as possible. And that's what led to like CityDAO, Mars College and all these other activities just kind of happened after that. So I'm still like in exploration right now. I still find like, I guess, technology really fascinating. I still want to keep creating games and making things with AR, VR. But at the same time, I want to like just also like have time to completely toss the technology aside and like learn more about humans, learn more about like what are some of the things that excite people? What are like the differences between different people in different cultures? So that's kind of where I'm at. I want to experience that as much as I can. It's an interesting subject. It's akin in my mind to, you know, let's say Elon Musk building us uh, and helping us get to Mars versus Greta, I forget her name right now, you know, focusing on save the planet and which one should we focus on? And, you know, there's this two-sided argument, focus on this, focus on that, where, you know, in my mind, the answer is both, right? Wherever a person feels compelled and inspired to pursue, then do that. And let's not criticize them for doing that. And same goes for anyone else doing something different. Let's not criticize them for doing that either. And the subject of the VR and where we're headed as a civilization, as a species, is an interesting one. Because, you know, for me, when I discovered, you know, when I got my first Oculus headset, you know, a couple of years ago, it opened my mind, it opened up my world. I was meeting people that I never would have met otherwise. You know, I bought my mom a headset for Christmas so that, you know, we can watch movies together and hang out because I'm way across the country. And it's the closest thing to being side by side on a couch watching a show than is possible without jumping on a flight and going all that way. And I'm assuming, you know, you've watched the movie Ready Player One. Uh, have you read the book by chance? No, not really. I'll see if I can send you a copy. It, it really goes into both sides of the pros and cons. And ultimately, it's inevitable to be able to, you know, the technology is going to be more and more and AR and VR is going to be a part of our day to day. But I really liked what you said about the spirit of humanity at the same time. And what is the fundamental, you know, purpose to humanity? And why are we here? And that's easy to lose sight of sometimes. And yeah, anyways, in, both in the movie at the end, well, just in the movie, at the very, very end scene where Sam and Wade decide to, well, this is a total spoiler to anyone that's not <laughs> watched the movie, but let's just say there was a spiritual ending to the movie that really looped things around and how the harmony might exist. So are you coding anymore? Are you doing game development right now or are you completely stopped for now? I am still doing it, but I'm kind of just like doing it and not as my full-time focus because I do want to spend more time like learning more about intentional communities. But I see like these learning and experience as an inspiration to like game creation as well. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think moving forward in terms of career, like what do you both see as your future careers and professions? Or is that sort of, you know, organically developing as we go with DAOs and with Mars College and with all the other projects you're working on is that sort of a let's see what happens so i'm like i also just quitted my uh, web 2 job like two weeks ago so <laughs> quitter DAO. Quitter, we're, we're starting a quitter DAO. <laughs> but like yeah i feel the same about like just working with like a nine to five job i don't think nine to five is like humanly you know like right <laughs> that's a very strong sentiment 
But I think I want to like experiment with the idea of creating like very kind of a free lifestyle, at least starting from myself and see how we can expand that to like the greater public. But I think joining crypto and joining the Web3 space is going to be my focus. But I have not decided on what exactly is the plan. I have a few projects that's like being bloomed in the vision at the moment, but I still haven't decided what the exact vision is. So like right now, I'm just still like R&D in through the jungle and hopefully it will be more concrete at some point. Gotcha. That's interesting. Well, I'm curious to hear how that goes and we'll probably find out more as the year goes on in CityDAO. And Dylan, how about yourself? Yeah. So after this, I recently got accepted to the Monastic Academy and it's kind of this intersection of monastic training with you know current society. So their, their whole ethos is addressing existential risks through the purification of the mind. And something about that, I actually heard about them through a DAO and the, called the Sangha DAO. And when I read that, it just resonated with me super deeply. So I'm going to go do try out monastic life for about a year. And then after that, I'm thinking about leaving my previous background, what I went to college for, to get into the mental health field. And yeah, I've been volunteering with a group called NAMI, the National Alliance of the Mentally Ill. And I'd love to get into policy at some day. So it's kind of a, a great intersection, learning about governance and voting and kind of like a, a niche area of politics. I'd love to apply that into the mental health space. That's down the road. I'm also trying to like take it day by day as much as I can, but my brain actually tends to plan. And that's my current plan. Interesting. I'm really passionate about the mental health space as well. Uh, you probably don't know this, but I, I run a mental health podcast. We've done, you know, 45 episodes with professional sports players and Olympic athletes and, you know, billionaires. And, you know, I remember when I was in school, the word mental health, it never existed. Probably fair to say I had mental health issues when I was a kid. You know, that's why, I, I mean, I dropped out of school and got into business really, really early because it was just struggling. And the concept of mental health never existed back then. It wasn't something that you could say because it wasn't even something that existed to be said. You know, if there was a problem with a kid, well, no, you just give them some pills or tell them to, you know, pay more attention or you give them detention or yell at them a little bit. And now the concept of mental health has been, it's so widespread, it's so open and everywhere that, you know, I'm really excited to see the spread and the awareness of mental health and the movement and the benefits that are being given to, let's say, younger people or even people of any age that are, you know, experiencing their own version of a mental illness. And there's so many different versions, you know, whether that's drugs or pressure or anxiety or OCD stuff or whatever it happens to be. Do you have a specific branch or direction that you're interested in? Yeah. Before I go into that, I think there's a great meme that kind of captures the sentiment you're talking about. And it's something like in the 1950s, there's people whispering, oh, did you hear this person went to therapy? And then in like the 2000s, it's like, hey, you will not believe what my therapist just told me. And I think that does capture, I'm Gen Z, I'm right on the edge of it. That really captures the sentiment of me and my friends is, hey, let's talk about therapy. Let's go do that internal work. And so I think that's great. And I'm also super excited to see when our generation gets more into politics, if kind of that sentiment continues of right now in the groups I'm with, they're, they're telling me that the funding at the local, state and federal level keeps shrinking and shrinking. And I'm so curious to see, I hope that when our generation gets into those places where we're moving funds around that, a little more funds go into that area. And then my focus is I'd love to get on the ground floor. So my current plan is to start as a mental health tech and then just get on the ground floor with the patients, see if this is something I'm, I'm really passionate about, really test it out, and then go back to school and, and get into therapy or psychiatry. Cool. That's really interesting. I'm really curious to see where both of you end up going over the next little bit. It's really cool to connect with you guys 
and with everyone else in the community here. And in the nature of the Citizens series, I mean, you have the floor at the moment. I'm wondering if you have anything you feel like sharing or bringing as a thought subject for the community here and everyone listening. You know, you pick the subject, whether it's about city DAO or DAOs in general. What are sort of the hot topics on your mind you'd like to share with people? Let me think about it. I think I'm the most curious about what does everyone want to see City Dow do. I remember City Dow did a public poll on Twitter a while ago, and then like they were asking citizens like, "What do you want to see in City Dow?" And then the answer that got voted the most was like, "Actually build a city." So I think that there is so much sentiment into like people wanting to build a new city, new civilization together. Probably because a lot of people are fed up with the current cities that we have, <laughs> because of all the problems and redundancies and bureaucracy. So I guess open floor. I would like to I guess hear what every citizen and also non-citizen want to see out of like city DAO. Like what can we achieve as a DAO with so many people and so much power? And yeah, like what's the best vision we can have for that? So that would be really interesting. Also, that could be a question for you too. Yeah. Well, anyways, Dylan, you go first before I go in. Someone who's been really inspiring me recently is Daniel Schmachtenberger. I've been listening to a lot of his stuff. He has a lot of online content. I think he does the Consilience Project. And I don't know, just the podcast I've been hearing. He does talk about DAOs and crypto as well. But it's just really inspiring about coordination problems. I think it's well worth a listen for any city DAO citizen looking to build a more skillful society. And then the other thing that I want to talk about more specifically about CityDAO is just shout out to Chance. He's an awesome person. Yeah, Chance. Um, <laughs> he started this in the citizens group. There's a, a citizens fitness club thread. And I've just been having so much fun posting my daily workouts in the, the citizens fitness club. And then there's also like citizens doing life. That's another thread in that, that citizens chat area. And those are just super awesome ways to, if you don't necessarily have the time or the know-how to get involved with city DAO, those are the places that are just really fun to hang out and, and get to know the citizens, build those communities, those connections, so that when you do have the time, resources, or skills to contribute, then you're already going to know the people and know who to talk to. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time today, Nico and Dylan, for coming on the show and sharing your thoughts and just being here. You know, Thanks for doing what you're doing, joining the community, contributing. Nico, I know you have a product line. That's right. Didn't you create a product line for CityDAO that was handed off to someone? Or oh yeah, I'm still talking to Metafactory to get that produced, and it's I think it's taken a while for them to respond. But my goal is to get that produced so we can distribute across citizens. So yeah, watch out for that. I will be buying a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So thanks again for your time here, and we will see you next time on the next Citizen series or whatever episode comes next. Until then, check out our Discord. There'll be a show notes to this episode with the link to Mars College, to the Discord, and you can reach out to Santonica or Dylan anytime on there or reach out to me, share the show with your friends and just contribute. Be good people. And uh, yeah, think about the spirit of humanity. This is one of my takeaways. What is the spirit behind what we're doing day to day? And what's the spirit behind CityDAO as a concept? So there's some takeaways for you guys. We will see you next time. Until then, Make it a great week. Thanks. Thank you.